0: Welcome to another episode of the South Side Trap Podcast. It's your girl, Sandra, and we are here to recap another Chicago Red Stars draw. We've done a lot of those this season, Uh, but I couldn't do it alone, and I invited my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. this game originator. How you doing tonight, homie? Doing well, doing
1: well. That was quite the game on Friday.
0: Yo, the soccer, I have to say. It was the soccer lit. was the soccer was delicious. <laughs> like it was quite good. We're gonna recap Chicago Red Stars versus North Carolina Courage, game that took place on August 12th. A game that marked 27 days since the Red Stars last played an NWSL match, and uh, when we previewed this match, it was a, it was a little up in the air for us, if I remember correctly, Claire. We we weren't too sure what we were gonna get yeah. just because of how long it had been. I'm pretty sure I predicted that the Red
1: Stars would lose, so uh, I was wrong, and I'm thrilled about it.
0: Right, it's it's fun to be proven wrong sometimes. <laughs> honestly, I think I I, th- I think you also went with a lot of goals too. I did say that. Which, in fairness, also wrong about that. No, in fairness to you, watching that game, there there probably should have been some more goals on both sides of the ball. This is
1: true. The offense was was definitely flowing.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think I said that I would go more like with a lower scoring result, and that if there was a draw, that the Red Stars I think would still be sitting pretty into their road trip, and uh, that's sort of where we're at right now with. The the Red Stars they they came they came out of this match on a one one draw with the league leading North Carolina Courage, the official shield winning twenty eighteen shield winning North Carolina Courage and the twenty eighteen ICC Cup champion North Carolina Courage. Basically, the North Carolina Courage the champions are, of the world. <laughs> they're basically they're ridiculously good soccer. Players on a team together dominating other teams, it's uh, it's truly something to behold. Uh, I think coming into this match, like when both of these teams had you know, they always released like the the injury report and stuff, and it wasn't like either team had like huge, you know, injuries that the Red Stars were going to be missing. Uh, Steph McCaffrey, who was out. T- due to illness and then uh mccall zerboni i believe was listed as questionable for for the courage going into this match so, so pretty healthy rosters going going into this match so i was sort of like expecting like i was i was at, at the very least expecting a good game of soccer i felt like you had on one hand you had a team coming off of Again, just some ridiculous soccer that they've been playing and, and with the courage. And then you had another team like the Red Stars, who are probably coming into this game pretty hungry, just ready to get some match minutes under their belts. And and for the Red Stars, as far as their lineup, you know, they had Alyssa Nayer and net for the back line. They they had Casey Short, Julie Ertz, Katie Nod, and Aaron Gillan. And sort of rounding out the midfield was DiBernardo, Bernardo, uh Morgan Bryant, Danny Kulaprico. And you had Alyssa Motts, Yuki Nagasato, and Sam Kerr sort of rounding out the attack there. And uh, what did you think of the lineup to start for both these teams, Claire? Yeah, we
1: well, I think I I uh, I think that McCall Boney being not in uh, the not playing for the Courage on on Friday night actually helped Chicago a lot. Um, I think obviously the courage are still very, very good, but, um, not having her in the midfield, uh, gave the red stars maybe a little bit more breathing room than they might've otherwise had. And in that respect, um, then I'm not shocked that Rory Dames had Julie Ertz in center back. Um, we talked about this a little bit going into the match about how, uh, this is just kind of one of the realities of the the big midseason trade and moving uh, Julie back into that center back position is that does leave there's less of a physical presence in that midfield. I mean, obviously you have Mo Bryan and Vanessa Bernardo and Danny Colaprico, and they're very good, very technical, uh, very smart players, but they aren't you know like bruisers kind of in that same way that uh, that Julie Ertz is and. I think you, I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but in that that opening North Carolina goal, um, you saw that Crystal Dunn had a lot of room to move that she might not have otherwise had, had uh, Julie Ertz been in that midfield.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, I super agree with you on that. Just to piggyback on that, I know uh, heading into this week and or into that week, for the preview in this matchup, I believe we always do uh, players to watch and I'll always choose players for the red stars and players for the, the opposition. And, um, during that July 4th matchup, Crystal Dunn was the player for to watch that I chose for, for Carolina. And it didn't change uh, this week. It ended up being Crystal Dunn again. And then for the red stars, uh, wanted to place emphasis actually on, on the back line and wanted to see Casey short and her work on the flank. And, um, Katie Naughton and what she does at center back, and um, I think all of those players didn't disappoint. I mean, Crystal Dunn ended up doing what what she does, and uh, Casey Short and Katie Naughton definitely had to sort of hold things down. Katie Naughton especially got a workout uh, on this pitch, and that for that goal that you're talking about with the, that that Davinia ended up scoring. I mean, absolutely started. With Crystal Dunn, I mean, she ended up just spinning away from Casey Shore and then all of a sudden just had all of this time and space in front of her. And she just laid that ball off to Jess McDonalds, And like Carolina does, they just play out these crosses, you know, from out wide and they just send them into the box. And sure enough, someone's crashing the net. And it happened to be, of all people, the Beignet who just put a head on it and just really just kind of spiked it in there with her head. And it was just like, for a moment there, it was kind of like... Oh well, this is the courage and this is this is what they do. Right? I think especially just how it happened like in the twentieth minute of that match, I think there was maybe some there might have been some some doubt out there for people that were like, Oh boy, like here it goes. Like it's it's the courage. Like the courage are like this unstoppable force. Did you did you sort of feel any doubt at all creep in like once that goal happened? Yeah, I mean it I I just
1: go back to even what what Dame said after the match was over about his sort of analysis of that first half that Chicago was a little bit sloppy and they seemed a little bit intimidated, particularly on defense, um, into, they weren't, they weren't stepping towards the courage and in a way that they needed to. And they very much looked like they were, playing the league leaders. And this is something that you've seen that we've seen from Chicago before, especially in the postseason, where you wonder sometimes where their head is at. Um, and yeah, I, I was, I was pretty sure that uh, that first half was going to end with uh, a multiple goal lead for the courage and the fact that Chicago was able to kind of pull it together and at least make it to halftime and then obviously make adjustments at halftime that uh, helped them kind of seal that, seal that draw. But um, I thought that this was a huge kind of growing experience for the team and shows the the difference and sort of wherewithal that they have this year as opposed to maybe years past.
0: I mean, that second half was just – and I'm going to give credit to to both of these teams here because from that 46-minute into stoppage time, you saw both of these teams – just really, I mean, just going for it. You saw two teams with immense amounts of talents just all the way through to that final, was so just like huffing and puffing towards the end of the match, just like really, really going for it. And I think if anyone out there was able to watch this match, at the very least that second half, they got themselves a real treat in terms of some quality NWSL soccer. I mean, you had. The Red Stars, like you said, go, you know, in a halftime, come out into the second half, make their adjustments, um, start really settling into their game from that second half whistle, getting the equalizer. You know what I mean? Just we just saw so much, just so much. And then and the Carolina Courage just, just kind of like like, okay, well, you you punched me in the mouth. So now I'm gonna like come back with my own combination and try to like it. It almost felt like you were watching these two two heavyweights and it was uh just a really really fun battle and a a great night honestly just weather wise for Chicago good crowd uh they were really really into it um but just that equalizer I think just really really just sort of was one of those goals where it was like yeah don't don't think you're gonna like get rid of us quietly kind of goals that was
1: such a. It was great. I
0: mean, she just yeah. like just sna- you want to talk about a goal, just like snapping a goal into a net. It was just like yeah. defying gravity, almost in physics. It was decisive. yeah, and the service. I loved it that that goal came came off of what was basically a, a defended set piece. Like they had a corner kick, and it was initially defended away, but the Red Stars didn't stop their run. You know, and. They kept the pressure on the ball, and then it ended up, you know, finding its way back to Vanessa DiBernardo, who just took a few touches and then just served in this left-footed ball that just, per- like, found its way perfectly to Sam Kerr, who just popped that in in the back of the net. So it was, I thought it was just a great, great equalizer. And then pretty much from then on forth, it was just like this sort of an, an intense back and forth. So just, uh, I think, an important message for the red stars themselves. And then just kind of like a small statement.
1: Psychologically, I have to think taking a point off of North Carolina and, and having at least an argument that they could have gotten three psychologically going into this road trip has to be huge because they, uh, they're technically, so yeah, they're going one they're They've just played number one. They're about to go play number two. And they're also about, and then they're going to go play number three. So they're playing the top three teams in the league right now. And the fact that they were able to not only kind of weather that storm from the courage, but pull one back and arguably have, you know, a couple of other opportunities to pull ahead uh, going in against uh, what will likely be a very tired Seattle team on Wednesday. I just have to think that that momentum is super important.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I mean, because the Red Stars are going to go and and have start a road trip and then have a short week of of their own. They're going to head out and have a game against Seattle on Wednesday and then that following. And then that Saturday, they're going to have a match against Portland. So I think this is as far as I know, last episode, we were talking about the schedule and looking forward and sort of where this team is gonna be have to be taking points and stuff like that. And it started with with the courage. And I think to get a draw out of that is a good thing. I think an even better thing was that sort of um sort of the tone and the vibe coming out of the 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 post game in the mix zone was that um, you know, they weren't satisfied with that draw. They they knew they could have got the win and they could have um came away with, with three points. So I think that's also equally important. Um was that the team just wasn't even though they were you know, I think any team in this league is going to be happy to come away with a point from a team like the Courage, but the Red Stars definitely knew that they could have came away with, with the win. And so to sort of take that momentum on the road to face two teams like Seattle or Portland, I think is huge. And um I'm actually going to be heading out west to the Pacific Northwest. I'm actually leaving out tomorrow, and I'm going to – Probably catch me some soccer games. I might go catch me a Chicago Red Star. I mean, I might sneak in. I'm not going to lie. I might have to like be a little bit of a double agent, you know, and I got to go scout the ground in in Seattle. And then, you know, since I'm already out over there, I might do the same thing in in Portland. I hear they draw a big crowd in Portland, so it's easy to hide. So I I might sneak in there and give you all some coverage. Claire, what do you think the Red Stars need to do in Seattle to come away with three points? Because I think it's important to note that, you know, earlier this season, this team we talked a lot about, there was a a, a long-time series of games there, I believe it was seven matches, where they went winless and they were coming away with these draws. And at, there was a point in time in the season where we were like, well, you know, draws don't get you to the playoffs. And with these games winding down, you're gonna start had to come away with, with points like wins like a significant three points so what do you think the red stars need to do in seattle to sort of ensure three points out of there
1: i think i maybe have like two two main things that i i think are the the most important things to look at one being um the rain are a little bit uh banged up right now um and I it'll be interesting to see if they have uh, Steph Catley back who has been out uh, dealing with, you know, a a family issue. Um and I think they I think they missed her this past weekend and uh they other parts of their midfield are a little bit hurt. And they also played on Sunday, which is, you know, two days after the Red Stars did or no, they played on sorry, they played on Saturday, um, the day after the Red Stars did, and they played in conditions in utah that were just kind of egregiously awful uh utah's tough anyway just due to the altitude um but then they also uh it was i think they said that the uh, the heat index was over a hundred and um they were dealing with wildfires in the area so the the air quality was was super low so seattle should be tired and the red stars should not. So hopefully, uh, if, if the red stars, you know, the red stars like that press, especially to start out, start out games. So I think, um, if they commit to that, um, that'll be really important. And then the second thing I think, um, will be essential is I think the outside backs for Chicago need to tighten up a little bit. Um, uh Casey Short has obviously uh been been injured and she's still working her way into just being like full 90 match fit uh consistently and Aaron Gilliland has been all over the pitch this season so I wonder if a little bit she uh it's a, her if if the way she plays outside back is a little bit looser than in the past um and against a variety of other teams that might be okay. Even, you know, the courage, their their outside backs are not necessarily the strongest part of their offense. But uh, you can't you can't pull that shit with
0: Megan Rapinoe, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I was going to say, like, dude, you know who probably is supposed to be tired but, like, rarely looks tired is Megan Rapinoe. Like, yep. I'm just, like, sometimes I'm, like, watching her play this year and just seeing her go from club to national team and then from national team back to club and then just like doing what she does is just kind of wild to me so I mean for sure a player you know to, to watch for Seattle but I tell you you know what I would like to see going into this match and maybe going into this week is I, w- I wouldn't mind some some player rotation for the, yeah. for the Red Stars I know they're coming off of again like a ton of time where they didn't haven't had some NWSL play and they just had this game against the courage. Um, but you know, I wouldn't mind seeing, um, someone like Sarah Gordon being put out there against a potentially tired Seattle rain team. Like let's, you know, let's see some of that. Let's see some of that, that speed on the flanks. I wouldn't uh, mind seeing somebody, um, like Nikki Stanton, uh, back out on the pitch getting some minutes, um, so I wouldn't mind seeing some of that play rotate. I don't know if it's going to happen um, in this match in particular. Maybe it'll happen in in the Portland match, but I wouldn't mind seeing that um, for for this road trip. Really quickly before we segue to just go ahead and preview the Portland match as well. Um, heading into, into this week, uh, into that North Carolina Courage game, it, the Red Stars announced uh, two additions to their roster, and they announced uh, that they gave contracts to – uh, two reserve players in Aaron Yenny and Christina Murillo. So they're officially red stars players now for, for the remainder of the season. So I'm not too sure um, where they fall as far as the depth chart as a roster for, for the red stars. Um, and we'll see if they, they get any time in the future, but they both suited up uh, for a, that current, that Carolina courage game um, and were ended up just sort of, um, you know left on on the bench for for death purposes so we'll see what happens um you know whether it's in these two games whether we see somebody like Aaron Yenny or further down along the line whether it's against Utah or uh Sky Blue if we see either of those players um so welcome to them and hopefully you guys get some time and hopefully we can see what you can bring to the Red Stars but
1: yeah, totally. I think uh, those two are, are great, great additions. And I'm happy that the Red Stars did ultimately use those roster spots that they kind of left open in the wake of the big, uh, big trade.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people out there were kind of wondering, like, well, what does this mean for like this? Like, we're just going to be playing, you know, with this sort of short roster from here on out. But um turns out reserves players. But moving forward, I just wanted to like, Address that really quickly before we like also preview this this part of the match because we figured in this episode we're we're just gonna go ahead and and preview the Seattle game as well as the Portland game. But before we like, I just wanted to like touch on that little bit of news and then sort of like close out this Seattle preview and then go ahead and jump into to Portland. But other than maybe some player rotation and then sort of seeing some some play from from the. Outside backs on the red stars, do you have any like actual predictions for that Seattle match coming out?
1: I think it's gonna be low scoring. I think uh Chicago and Seattle play each other super low. obviously when they first met it was zero 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 draw. The last game they played was one zero in Chicago's favor um I think it's gonna be real low scoring scoring again. um I think it's gonna be a little bit more of a chess match than uh than kind of the, the marathon running that we saw last weekend
0: yeah black Cole versus uh dames i think is is always kind of fun and and i agree with you on that one um probably going to be a low scoring affair and i just think that you know when you're chasing these kind of teams, these are the these are the teams that the Chicago's going to be facing. Is going to be other teams that are either a already in the top four, or b sort of vying for positioning to get into that playoff picture. Um, so points against these any kind of points against these teams are going to be like incredibly crucial. But uh, again, those three points are going to be big if they end up picking them up against teams like Seattle or Portland. Um, so heading into to Portland, uh, this sort of team and place that has historically had the red stars number they don't you know they've never won there right never well they've they've never won they haven't won a game against the thorns in what is it like five like five seasons yeah yeah. to my knowledge i believe the last time the red stars had any had a win i think it was in that inaugural season i I yeah i could be wrong on that feel free to add me (laughs) and let me know if i was wrong but um I, f- I think this Red Stars team going into Portland this season I think is a little different from past Red Stars teams because um, Sam Kerr likes to play in Portland, man. And uh, I'm really excited about this matchup with the Red Stars and the Thorns coming up this Saturday. What do you want to see out of the Red Stars heading into this match against Portland?
1: I don't know. I think it that's tough to me because Portland – is a team that adjusts quickly and has, uh, they have a roster that does very specific things depending on who is in the starting lineup. Um, that's another game that I think could get pretty physical in the midfield. Uh, obviously, they're going to need to keep someone pretty much posted on Lindsey Horan at all times. Uh but I also think that's interesting because um uh the the Thorns, their offense is primarily driven by their midfield, um, at least until, you know, Caitlin Ford is really up and running. Um But with Chicago, they've got, you know, a a forward like Sam Kerr. So there's gonna be there's gonna be some shuffling in that midfield, and I think whoever can really kind of impose uh, impose themselves there are going to have a better. way. But I also just think that Chicago can't waste chances because Portland doesn't.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Are are you saying clearly? I just want to. I just want to make sure. I Just want to get you on the record here. So Are you saying that they should, in fact, mark Lindsay Horan? Is that what you're saying here?
1: I w- <laughs> I mean, uh, I. I know that it's not something that's been brought up so far this season, but uh, <laughs> I think someone should at least, you know, be looking at Haran. I just, you
0: know, I just don't know if that's you know. like a, you know, a really smart game plan. I don't know if people out there have decided, you know, maybe just maybe yeah. we should maybe mark this point. No,
1: I want to, I want to, you know, they've got these great optostats on the website now, but now I just want, like, when you're watching the game, I just think that they should have a Horan tracker at all times. Like, who's marking Horan?
0: (laughs) That should be, that should definitely be, like, the next widget. Like, the next opto
1: widget. Yeah. Live, live in-game stats. Who is supposed to be marking Horan, and are they doing so? That would be
0: fantastic. NWSL, hit us up. We got all the ideas. (laughs) There definitely needs to be a Lindsey Horan widget and whether or not figuring out like who's marking her or not good stuff
1: where in the world is Lindsay yeah, no
0: doubt I agree with you on the on the midfield I think it's gonna sort of boil down to that for for both of these teams and I'm glad that this it's a game coming up in in August because I, I feel like this is the third and potentially final matchup of 2018 between these two teams, unless things shake out the way they shake out. Um, and I feel like each time these teams have faced off against each other, they are just, we're just different teams. Like, I feel like each time the red stars and the thorns have played each other, they've gone through these three different phases, right. Of their seasons. And I think early in that early matchup, you know, it was early enough to where people were s- still sort of giving teams a pass as far as getting their feet under them and their legs under them and just sort of like getting things together. And then that that ended up being a 3-2 loss really early on in that snowy kind of game. And then you had this draw um, sort of in the middle of the season and, and the Red Stars were going through a big multi-team trade and the thorns were sort of starting to get players back in from their own injuries. And like, now you've got a pretty fit red stars team, you know, with all of these components that they thought they were all, they, they were going to have from, from the beginning of the season. They're, they're all here now. And then you've got with the thorns, you know, you've got Lindsay Horan having an amazing season an MVP caliber type of season. And you've got this return of, of, of Tobin Heath. So, uh, I think it's going to be a really fun matchup, and I and I can't wait to sort of cover that and sort of be in that environment and that atmosphere. I think, you know, yeah, it's I'm gonna be it's gonna be wild, man. It's gonna be wild, and I th- I
1: I'm just gonna be trying to trying to stay awake over <laughs> on the Eastern time zone. For I that mean, one.
0: you know, you you've got you've got some wild happening on your own. I mean, what did I say? Mm-hmm. I said when Beyonce calls, you have to answer.
1: You have to answer, even if it means you got to go to Ohio
0: for a couple of days. I mean, it's going to be worth it just for the Beyonce. <laughs> so while while you're oh. jealous of the, of the of the Thorns game, I'll just be jealous of you, like, being able to watch <laughs> yeah. Beyonce, especially coming out of this week, because, like, the On the Run tour was, like, just here in Chicago, and I felt like everyone and their mother in my life Damn. was, like, going to this, this freaking show. And, like, I was like, man, I'm, like, the only one in Chicago who didn't go to, to On the Run. Yeah, I was like, oh, so you all got. I tickets. was like, oh, that's nice. Huh. Money must be wonderful. That's great,
1: right? I was like, y'all, y'all, y'all's Beyonce funds got drained. And I was
0: like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm just gonna, you know, listen to stuff on my Spotify. That's fine, with <laughs> ads, with 100% ads. Oh. <laughs> I was like, come on now, man. Yeah. Do you have an, a prediction for for this uh, game against the Thorns? Do you think this is the type of game where it's when you're looking at this schedule on the stretch and you're thinking if there's a three points that needs to be picked up, does it needs to be picked up against this thorns team?
1: I actually would say no, I think um, I think the the Red stars are more likely to get three and then drop some like uh, three against Seattle and then drop some against Portland, and then if they can beat Orlando, they're still fine um I think actually maybe i'm maybe i'm legitimately crazy i don't know anymore but i think the hardest the actual most difficult game in this stretch is going to be that portland game and in that way i it seems less essential to me than than some of the other ones am, am i wrong tell me i'm wrong
0: i don't know if you're wrong but i don't know if you're right that's the problem because i feel yeah. like
1: I don't either. Yeah, it's
0: just so wild. I mean, this, this is it now. I think I, I, I said on the last week when we were recording, I said, you know, the playoffs have started in the NWSL. Like, these games that we're getting to witness are going to be, I think, playoff caliber type of matches. Um, So I think that the Red Sox are going to be on the road for – these next three games, they've got Seattle and Portland coming up and then on the twenty fifth, I believe, it's gonna be Orlando. So that's what, that's nine total points. I think if they could come away with maybe four points somewhere in that stretch, I think, you know, that's that's a I solid Chicago, road trip, I think.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about this game yet, but I just think Chicago needs to beat
0: Orlando. That's the
1: yeah, really big I, one. I, but we're not there we're yet. Not, we're not, the, yeah,
0: we're not yeah. there yet. But I think on the other side of that coin, you could be like, well, you need to beat everybody. Like, let's just keep yeah, it real. Like, true. you true, need true, to just true. win every game. So it's just kind of like one of those things. But this is this is the fun time of year, right? This is when yeah. all the the nerves kick in for people who are watching and not playing, who are just fans of the game and just want to observe soccer and you know who doesn't love like nerves and anxiety? That's like the best.
1: <laughs> oh yes, a very specific sort of stress. But no, I I do think um, and we were talking about this last week a little bit. Like I do think that this team and and they showed they showed their quality against North Carolina. I think that I mean everyone says no team with Sam Kerr can be counted out, but I would just say in general, um, the more Chicago's defense tightens up. Uh, the better off they're going to be because as long as they can sort of contain what's happening on that back end, they're getting so much better going forward than they were earlier this year. And I just, I think, I think that they have game, a game plan that, that can work for them. And I think that Mo Brian is, is a good kind of cog in that midfield. I think she's playing well and she's thinking more forward uh, than maybe she does uh, on the national team. And, uh, yeah, I mean you can't you can't stop can't stop Sam Kerr from scoring goals. So yeah, I, I like I still like their chances. I, I still do.
0: Yeah, um, Sam Kerr scores when she wants, and apparently Morgan Bryan is trying to score too. When that Morgan Bryan had a shot in that Carolina game that went off the post, and I was like, again, <laughs> like yep. yeah, yeah, because that's gonna be twice now that she was denied by the post against North Carolina, and I was like, but that's good though. If you shoot them, if you shoot them they will come, right? That's the saying. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what that means. <laughs> but the soccer is good, y'all. The soccer the soccer is good. And I'm appreciating the ride, honestly. Uh what else is good is all your amazing work, Claire. And I want you to plug yourself and let all the listeners know where they can find you and all your good work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh you can find me just right in for a hot time in old town. You can also find my work at the equalizer. I've uh, I'm, <laughs> I've been being roped into producing everyone's podcast. So just listen to me on the airwaves uh, equalizer podcast as well. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at scout Ripley, which is the name of my
0: band. I'm pretty sure it's because you have a band where everyone was like, you know, who needs to just like produce a podcast, a million po- yeah. a million podcasts along with producing a band. It should be Claire Watkins, of Scott Ru- of Scott Ripley.
1: Yeah, I'm getting my money's worth out of my my little audio box USB.
0: <laughs> hey man. But Southside Trap is home this is all about this this is all this is all about Chicago baby I got mad love for Equalizer and all my and all my Equalizer and all my (laughs) Equalizer fam I do I really do (laughs) what up Uncle Dan but like it's Chicago baby and this is home but support your favorite local Chicago band it's called Ripley y'all go hit up their work if you wanna bother me and follow me and my shenanigans you can do that on Twitter at San Herrera underscore that's H-E follow you on your
1: Big Pacific Northwest yes. road trip.
0: Follow me on my road trip, y'all. I will uh, be trying to provide as much West Coast content for you as possible. So that's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore Sanderrera underscore. If you want to continue to follow and support the Southside Trap Podcast, you can do that uh, on Twitter at Southside Trap Pod. That's with one letter P, Southside Trap Pod. You can also find Southside Trap Podcast at Podbean and you can also find Southside Trap Podcast on iTunes. And you can just go ahead and subscribe and give us a like. Maybe leave us a comment. Say what's good. Talk about how much you love the city of Chicago. And we will agree with you. And uh, we will be back next week with a recap of both of these Pacific Northwest games. Seattle and Portland. So we'll see you guys next week. Peace.